Hello. Hello. I'm Justin. I'm Allison. And this is Robots on Typewriters, episode number 107. Yep. Big 107. He already did our number banter. Is 107 prime? Ooh. Probably not, said it right? It can't be, but it could be. I don't know anything about it. It freaking is. <gasps> Whoa! Wow! It just felt prime, didn't it? I mean, like I a, I really have a bad prime dar. I I feel like I am at the intersection of having like moderate gay dar and moderate prime dar. Um, <laughs> I feel like you can you have like you know ten points that you can. Uh, attribute to both of those dars and uh-huh. most people max out one or the other i'm i'm the rare right. like put five in each okay five okay. by the way is prime <laughs> there you go yeah showing off. and it's gay <laughs> oh right right yes yeah Poor, oh i knew that one already i wasn't sure if it was prime though <laughs> i wasn't sure if it was out <laughs> yeah i didn't want to say anything but um uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad you asked, and then I interrupted. (laughs) Uh, We are doing a podcast about computational creativity, computers, algorithms, machine learning, artificial intelligence, and how those sorts of things can be used to make creative content, either through helping people be more creative or by being creative on their own. In this show, we have two segments, both of which were named by random generators, The first segment is called The Zesty Hat, in which we highlight some computational creativity or tools used to create stuff from around the internet. And in our second segment, The Trashy Toy, we play a game of our own creation using some of those computational tools. This week's Zesty Hat is one that uh, it's it's been on our desks for quite a while now, for almost a month, I'd say. The boss has been hindering us to... Hindering is not the right word. The boss has been slithering into our office. (laughs) Our boss is a snake, and we don't hold it against him. And we, yeah, we only hold heat rocks against him because he needs them to... And he deserves it. Yeah. So do you, gentle listener. Yeah. Rub yourself up against a heat rock while you listen to this one. Yeah. This week's zesty hat is... GPT-3, a.k.a. language models are few-shot learners. (sighs) Um, I I never really talk about that, that GPT-2's, like, actual title is, like, attention is all you need. I was going to say, I don't even know what that subtitle is. And GPT-3's official title is language models are few-shot learners. That is, those are the titles titles of the academic papers that bear the... that bear these the programs, these language models. Uh, GPT-3 is, as the name implies, the successor to GPT-2, the large language model made by OpenAI. Um, this is coming just a, a year and a half, two years, not even two years after yeah. the release of GPT-2. And oh boy, is it big. <laughs> is it big? Uh, the How largest big model. Is it? I'm glad you asked. This podcast has two segments. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, good. it's it's enormous. So the largest model of GPT-2. Um, you may or may not remember back when GPT-2 was first released, 
they released it in a couple kind of stages at a time. Um, I was of the opinion then, and I feel like I have been uh, proven right in this opinion, that that was a marketing ploy and not what they claimed that it was. Mm -hmm. But they said, uh, here's the 150 or 255 million parameter model. Um, we're not going to release the big one yet because we think it has it's too powerful. It can be abused to make fake content. So we'll dole out the smaller ones first. Um, I think that was purely to drive the hype cycle. Yeah. Um, they finally released the full-size GPT-2, a 1.5 billion parameter uh, language model. Um yeah, when I say parameters, a good way to think of that is basically neurons. So these are like neural nets. So you might have like a real brain of like a little fly or like a fake brain of like a neural network that has maybe 10 neurons or something that has um, only a few different things that can like activate in the presence of other things that when combined are thoughts. Uh, so to speak, or our outputs, our behaviors. Um, the largest version of GPT-2 had 1.5 billion parameters, as I said. This new GPT-3 has... Dun, 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 175 billion parameters. This is more than 100 times larger than the large GPT-2 that was originally too large to release. Um, You, my first question with this, uh, which might not be a surprise, the question I keep asking when these new models are released is how much computation power was needed for this? Um, GPT-2 consumed, let's see, where is it? Uh, so to fully train GPT-2, like the first time, like to realize the model, um, it took tens of petaflop days. So that's, uh, that's probably not a parameter you think in. Um, it's certainly not one I think in, but the way to think of it is like, uh, a flop is like one computational process. So the better your computer is, the more uh more quickly it can like finish a flop or a mega flop or a mm. giga flop or a peta flop um peta flop peta flop <laughs> guess it depends if you're in the uk or the us um so a, a peta flop day a peta flop day is you know peta flop over day so how many like peta flops per day um it, it takes to to do this that is to say if you have like if you're training this on the large crazy computers that OpenAI has access to it'll take less time than it would if you were training this on i don't know like a 1980s like commodore 64 of course so uh the way to measure energy consumption isn't in how many days it took to train because different computers would take different amount of times but how many processes per day it would take uh, that's a very long way of saying this, but GPT-2 took tens of petaflop days 
GPT-3 took several thousand petaflop days to train. Um, they devote about six lines of this 40-odd page paper to energy use. Um, and they say, basically, uh, we should be cognizant of cost and efficiency of such models as advocated by, and then cite some literature that says that they should be cognizant of that. Um, and then they spend the rest of the several lines they devote to energy usage explaining. Of course, once the model's fully trained, using it doesn't uh, doesn't consume much energy. Um, implementing it through distillation, like the the way that um, Write with Transformer and Hugging Face in general, like lets you use a large language mm -hmm. model that doesn't cost much energy. It's the initial right. training of this that's like the killer. So it's like a one-time cost, uh, but still, yeah, we, we've been complaining that these large language models are consuming a lot of energy and taking a tremendous amount of compute power, and this was several thousand times more, or at least a thousand times more training and compute power needed than GPT-2. What's not talked about in this energy usage paragraph is another topic that I've kind of made my hobby horse that is... Um, to train something this large, you need, like, ungodly amounts of compute power. Um, so not just, like, the energy and, like, not, yeah, not just that you need computers to be on for a long time, but you need super powerful computers that you have sole access right. to for a long time. Um, so that means you, casual researcher at home, could never make something like this. You, PhD student at a mid-sized university, could not do something like this. Um, basically the only, uh, the only way something like this can be done at this point, some, a large language model can be made and trained fully at this scale is, uh, by large, um, non-academic or that, that's not fair to open AI, but large, um, non-university, uh, privately owned companies to mm -hmm. devote their compute power to it. Which right. makes, uh, it, it makes the whole field of language generation and language models um, a lot less inclusive if only the big, rich companies can, like, make a difference in them. Right. Um, so what what's the advantage of GPT-3, now that I've complained about all the bad parts? <laughs> um, I mean, it's basically just we threw more power at gpt2 it uses the same model architecture um that is to say they didn't like change how this does what it does or what is meant to come out of it um it uses the same data set or at least um it uses kind of a a data set called common crawl which is like all of the indexable text on the internet, which is basically what GPT-2 used, but I don't think the data set was compiled as such at the time. Um, in any case, it's like the same data, but it's a different kind of collection of it. Um, so it's basically just GPT-2, but stronger. Right. Um, so I think where we'll see the output of GPT-2 is as people get, or of GPT-3 is as people get to use it over the next several weeks, months, and years, um, what sorts of things they make with it as compared to what they made with GPT-2. Right. Um, so I want to highlight that Max Wolf, a favorite of ours on this podcast, 
at MinimaxIR on Twitter. Um, he's a data scientist for BuzzFeed, formerly of Carnegie Mellon. He does a lot of uh, text generation stuff like this, so he's always the first source I go to when something like this comes out. Max Wolf got access to GPT-3. He trained it on 15 of his tweets at temperature 0.7, um, and he posted a on GitHub just a collection of about uh, 200, 250 new Max Wolf tweets. <laughs> um, and this, to me, is the best demonstration of how powerful this is, that you and I normally shoot for, I don't know, we the, the more data, the better. But when we're right. training GPT-2 on something like, 30 to 50 is like an absolute minimum amount of data. Yeah. Um, yeah, so on 15 tweets, here's some of the new GPT-3 tweets Max Wolf came out with. My local data science circle is just like whatever. <laughs> uh, where's the one? I got so angry at Python packaging today that I went out and bought a juicer. <laughs> like it well i've seen enough of the human race to know that it isn't worth it <laughs> Aw, max gpt3 max quote why is python so great quote it's the programming language of love oh now that's very good <laughs> and this one i don't know if this is a real max tweet or not <laughs> but it sounds love like language one. uh python <laughs> <laughs> oh there's a new yorker comic um <laughs> So I'll, I'll give the background for this one ahead of time. There's a Python library called Pandas, which helps you use data frames, or perhaps you might pronounce it Pandas. It's spelled Pandas. <laughs> pandas. Uh, today's shitposting is brought to you by Pandas. Don't you dare tell me I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> I, like the, I, I like that this is like a different character of Max Wolf. It's like Max Wint. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's like dark Max Wolf. It's like a, a Max Wolf capable of going dark. <laughs> yeah. He's not there yet, maybe, but he's angry enough. YOLOing up a TFIDF implementation. This is a great idea, but also a great way to be on the edge of whatever data science is capable of. <laughs> Followed immediately by, let's YOLO a deep learning project that doesn't even work. Let's just YOLO one. Do people still even use Excel? It amazes me that this was 15 tweets because it really covers like right, a lot of a lot of stuff that Max Wolf might talk about. Yeah. Quote, quote, and each first letter is capitalized. Quote, the big data gang. <laughs> uh, he just got its membership card. Nate Silver's new startup will be a platform for crowdsourced data science research. <laughs> another day, another word cloud. How are these so good? I don't um, know. Well, on the one hand, yeah, way too much energy consumption, keeping little yeah. guys out of the market. Uh, <laughs> I don't support the, we need to improve upon the state of the art. What if we just throw more data or throw more compute power at this problem? On the other hand, it kind of worked. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, so I, I will continue to complain about all the things I just complained about. But also, yeah, GPT-3 looks rad. I can't wait for <laughs> yeah. uh, 
hugging face to make it I, i'm assuming maybe I'm someone assuming else will do it but i'm assuming hugging face will be the one to do it <laughs> i i can't wait for hugging face to make it so like you and i can really easily yeah. go ahead and use this um yeah for sure I'm, I'm sure they will they're probably working on it right now yeah as we yeah. speak so that's gpt3 expect to hear a whole lot about it in the future because once yeah. we can use it more easily we'll be all over it oh yeah that was that's a big hat. That's a one hundred and seventy five billion parameter hat. That really is, yeah. Well, yeah. Thanks for uh, finally, <laughs> thanks for finally getting getting to GPT three. No, that was a very very good big hat. Uh, it had to be done. It um, had to. We didn't want it to, but it had to. Um. Yeah. So. Um. That is going to take us on into our trashy toy today. Um, and um, we are going to, uh, we're going to play a game. It's one of my favorites that we do. Um, and every time, I feel like I never, um, I never think about it too soon. Like it always comes back to me. Like I just never as think enough about it too soon. <laughs> it's always just been enough space since the last time we did it. Like I think, so we're going to play a, a, a variation of a game that we've still just always called Star Maker. And I, I was just remembering since we started recording that I think the last time we played this was in, um, in your sister's room uh, when we were both in New Jersey around Christmas time. Um, and we made a, um, pair of gay sisters who were a musical duo. They were great. We sure did. Um, but, but were um, they prime? Um, maybe. I don't know. Um, who can prime say? to me. Two, yeah. two sisters. Yep. Two is prime. <laughs> um, we're going to, we're going to create some, some new things today. And, um, I wanted to, I wanted to throw, I wanted to throw my hat in the ring on a, a type of a type of work that I'm a big fan of, and that's that's musical theater. And um, if you are uh, if you're at all in in interested in the theater scene, you might have heard that Broadway shows are um, they are canceled. They are big. Off. <laughs> they are big. They're uh, canceled and. Uh, called off postponed until january at least of 2021 cancel um, culture has gone too far this time <laughs> um and so i thought honestly right now is the perfect time to start brainstorming for some new musical ideas because everybody is like there are shows that haven't even gotten to go up yet so when when broadway finally reopens we're gonna be working through all of those so we've got there's a lot of time before, you know, we need to start pitching anything new to, I don't know how, you know, to the Broadway guys. Yeah, um, but when you just accost Stephen Sondheim in the street and start telling him, like, I got this new musical idea. Yeah, he's a very old man. He just celebrated his 90th birthday. You will startle him. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't uh, suggest Also, that. yeah, he's he's at a high-risk group. Don't, don't approach yeah, him in the street yeah. until Honestly, at least January 2021. Yeah. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, that's the date for Stephen Sondheim when you're allowed to approach him again as well. That's why Broadway is um, off. Right. Then. Yeah, that's yeah. It, it was very specific. Uh, yeah, for him. Um, so uh, rather than I think usually in Star Maker, we kind of go through um, kind of like one artist's or one group's whole career and um, 
plan some albums and song titles for them. Um, but um, what I have done is I had a list of, um, I had a data set of musical titles that I uh, used to make a game of RNN a while back. Fed that to uh, Max Wolf's GPT-2 Simple collab. And um, I just curated a bunch of musical titles. Some of these might end up being song titles. And um, rather than just making one musical, I think what I want to do is just kind of plan an, a whole new Broadway season. Um, you know, may, like plan yeah. a whole dock of, of uh, Tony nominees. And um, so, yeah, I've, Justin and I both have both have this list. I think Justin might have created some other stuff on his end, too. Um, so I think we're just going to go back and forth, talk about some of um, some of these musical titles that we've got and. Um, and the way I'm thinking of it, anything on this list could easily be a title or a, a song title. So it's it's up to you, up to us. I also at the bottom of my list here collected some because when you when you uh, let GPT to uh, simple cre- uh, generate, usually in there it throws in some. It, it for the most part will generate just you know short kind of titles like you fed it, but it also will give you some just long form. Uh, word like quote answers so um might be some quote slash reviews from and about these shows going on um yeah yeah, so um first thing i wanted to uh, address is as i was generating i there seemed to be a couple of um specific categories that um a lot of them are just miscellaneous but a couple of um genres kind of popped up for me. So I, I, uh, separated them out on their own. And, um, those, those categories are, I've got some, some sequels. It's, they seem to be sequels of already existing musicals, um, which I would say isn't something that usually happens. I think Mamma Mia 2, Here We Go Again, is the only like actual musical. Oh, and, and Phantom of the Opera Love. I was just about to say. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I think this would be the right time to do sequels. Yeah, since, I think well, so. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, who knows? <laughs> to any I was time say, the, the right big time. problem isn't that people can't write new musicals. It's right. That, yeah, and and eh. so then yeah, my other uh, my other categories here, I've got adaptations. They're they're huge in musical theater these days. You know, this past these past couple of years, we've got your your Beetlejuice, your Mean Girls, your um, School of Rock, School of Rock. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we've got some some adaptations. We've got some uh, modern histories. Kind of, I'm imagining them in the vein of Hamilton. It's you know, take a take a historical figure or a, or a historical period and make it fun and funky and musical. And then um, you know, we'll talk about chess later. That that w- it'll it'll always come back to chess. But we'll, yeah, we'll we we'll later. talk about it later. We've <laughs> talked about it before. Yeah, we'll never stop talking about it. Um, so, uh, so yeah. Is there anything that you wanted to start off? Anything that you were really eager to get to get at, uh, get talking about? I I'm really fascinated by the idea of more Hamilton uh, mm-hmm. things. So just this past week, Hamilton was added to Disney Plus. Yeah. So my Twitter timeline has been uh, just re-enthused about Hamilton. Right. Yes. Um, and it did make me think, I, either just earlier today or last night, I was like, man, I wonder if there will be, like, maybe not American history done this way, but, like, other, like, edutainment musicals. Right, like, <laughs> right. yeah, almost certainly. I'm, uh, yeah, 
Um, so let's see what you have here for histories. Um, yeah, I, I don't time, think but... they're going to double dip. So you had Franklin, an unexpected journey. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I can see the appeal. I, I'm from the greater Philadelphia area. Love some Ben Franklin. I'm sure he had some stories. Yeah. Uh, so here's a, here's a thought based on the title, it being Franklin colon an unexpected journey. What if this is this is something that I could see easily existing? It's it's not so much like a big Hamilton like spectacle, but it's more of a like day in the life of Benjamin Franklin. Um, and it's like I I can see it being more geared towards kids in a like it, it's like a I can it's like something that they like put on in a room at the Franklin Institute once a day every, every day. Yeah, kind okay, of thing. I can see this. Not not necessarily something that we want to dive into, but that's... I, that's... I, I follow what it would be like, yeah, that yeah. it has, like, since he had a lot of different things going on in his life, you know, he yeah. discovered that uh, keys are electric or something. <laughs> yes, he, he discovered the electricity in each and every house key. Uh, he, yeah, he invented bifocals, he uh signed the declaration of independence he invented Mm -hmm. bisexualism he didn't maybe he did i mean Um, he did not yeah so since he had so many different things going on in his life yeah so the morning he's like out flying his kite and that happens that afternoon you know thomas jefferson comes by his house and is like ben you gotta (laughs) sign this look at this thing i wrote is that was that a conversation between you and your uh supervisor (laughs) yeah You would be surprised that is exactly how that conversation goes a, a whole lot. <laughs> He's just, you know, recovering from getting electrocuted and I run in, Ben, sign this <laughs> stupid thing. I imagine Ben often, I, I, this is my often perception of Ben, is that he often appears to have been just electrocuted. Oh, yeah. No, he constantly looks... Uh, if, if you step into his office to get him to sign something, he looks like something just blew up in there. He also leaves the light <laughs> off all the time, which adds to the, like, I just stuck a fork in the socket vibe. That's funny. Um, um, yeah, so maybe maybe this could be, maybe this is different than what I thought. I thought right. also you were going to say, based on the title, um, it doesn't say Ben Franklin. What if it's Franklin True. Roosevelt? It could be Franklin Roosevelt. What if it's the two of them and the unexpected journey is like figuring out like where do we go from here? Franklin and Franklin's excellent adventure. Oh, interesting. That's kind of fun. What other are trying to think of other historical Franklins? Uh, Um, Franklin Pierce. He was Uh a president. He must have done something. Can you name a fact about him? I sure can't. He was friends with one of the poets of the time. I want to say Hawthorne. Okay. I don't know anything else about him, though. Okay. Um. Yeah, that might be... I mean, well, that might be a, all the more a re- reason to to tell his story. Uh, I googled Hawthorne Pierce friends, and the top result is uh, Mental Floss, the tragic end to Franklin Pierce's friendship with Nathaniel Hawthorne. Oh, my God. What was it? You've got me now. Yeah, I'm, I've got to check. Um, this is the emotional hook, easily. When he was in England, Hawthorne wrote a book of essays dedicated to Franklin Pierce. Aww. And then it gives gay. the little dedication. It's very sweet. Pierce didn't forget Hawthorne's loyalty. He accompanied him to the White Mountains in New Hampshire. 
while Hawthorne Hawthorne's I've said that health so was failing, they stopped in Pemigewasset Hotel in Plymouth, had a dinner and a cup of tea. Hawthorne retired to bed and never woke up. Oh my God. Pierce found his friend's body sometime in the middle of the night. Why? um, Why Hey, I've been thinking this whole time that it sounds like there's something going on here, but I'm a positive now, and this is very sad. Uh, And then a quote Pierce recounting years later, passing from his room to my own, leaving the door open and so placing the lamp that its direct rays would not fall upon him, yet enable him to distinctly, enable me to, to see distinctly from my bed. I betook myself to rest too. But he just I woke let up him before, lay there dead asleep? But, but I woke up before 12 and noticed he was lying in a perfectly natural position, like a child with his right hand under his cheek. Oh my God. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I fell asleep again. He was so very restless the night previous that I was surprised he had settled. I was surprised <coughs> and startled when I noticed at three, his position was identical to when I had observed him at 11 and 12. Hastening softly to his bedside, I could not perceive his breath. Although no change had come over his features, I seized his wrist and found no pulse. I re- ran my hand down his bare side, but to the great, generous, brave heart beat no more. Oh my god, this is insane. This is like you're writing the finale right now. Yeah, Holy I think shit, the unexpected journey is sky. not yeah. uh, its not Franklin Roosevelt or Ben Franklin. It's oh Franklin God. Pierce and his this is dear friend and lover, Nathaniel <laughs> Hawthorne. Holy shit. Um, that is really something. Um, I, we can't, we have, we have so many things to address here that we can't get too bogged down on Franklin and unexpected journey. Can um, we get a that, song from it or something? Yeah, maybe. Let's see what we've got in, in let's see what else we've got. A confession to Sam. Oh, maybe that was his nickname. Uh, I was thinking maybe that was like Pierce's like beard of a wife's first name. (laughs) I can't imagine like a lady named Samantha going by Sam before like the year 1900. I particularly can't imagine Pierce's wife Jane going by Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe maybe that was her... um, Maybe that was her alter ego. Her maiden name was Sam, but then when Jane she got Sam. married, no, no, she was like Sam Pierce, and then she got married and took <laughs> right. Jane is his her name, married Jane. Name, yeah. <laughs> Franklin Jane Pierce she took his middle name. <laughs> that would be a very weird practice. There, there's something else that I saw. I was getting a lot of these, like I would get these clusters from GPT two of these, like all lowercase. Um, uh, generations and all, some of them were were kind of weird and some of them were like really poetic like such things are better Ooh, i i, I think that, that sounds like a song in this musical because it not only does it have like a kind of 1800s way of yeah. speaking but also gonna... yeah it's about like uh, it's about finding him dying in his sleep yeah maybe his confession to sam is confessing to uncle sam that you know <laughs> that he's you know <laughs> president <laughs> uh, okay um you know while we're in the modern histories category we could just kind of tie this whole thing up um we, um the so there's a couple other i don't expect to go as deep on some of these but um 
the one that I really wanted to talk about, I don't know how you would feel about this, uh, the Unabomber. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's got potential to be a musical. I think there's a fascination with the Unabomber in specific, but like true crime people like that in general. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah, that would be like, oh man, can you imagine if it was like a true crime podcast, but a musical that. Oh man! Imagine like the beginning of a uh, serial, like the boom, boom. Oh, as, like, the serial the musical the... is something you can't put in my head. That is like poison <laughs> to me, <laughs> and everything I need to do in the next month. Uh, I can't wait for some of the songs from the serial musical. I can't musical. do it. I can't. I'm like I'm. I'm. I can't. I'm writing it down on a post-it note, but I can't do it. What about, what do you think the White House, what we do now is about? Like, when is that about? Oh, man. I think I, I, I'm <laughs> you... stuck on the idea of time travel now with like Frank oh. and Frank. So maybe that's like a moment in the other version of Franklin on an unexpected <laughs> journey. And they're explaining like, yeah, so the roles of the president have like changed and adapted. Uh, Largely Maybe, actually yeah. due to your expansions, Mr. <laughs> Roosevelt. It was like, it was almost like, uh, there. I, I don't know if you're familiar with this phenomenon, but in the year 2001, there were two different musicals called The Wild Party written by two entirely different um That's like uh, a really people. odd title to based, get. Well, no, they were both based on the same like long form poem from oh, like, okay. 1920 and they're like they're the same story but totally different styles but um so maybe this was almost a wild party situation where like they were both gonna be called franklin and unexpected journey but they were coming out in the same year and so one of them decided to change the name yeah frank and frank's excellent adventure right yeah um yeah and then the white house what we do now is in that and it's like a modern president it's not the real modern president so you can right. like adapt it for your time or whatever so it can keep getting redone it's like the president from cory in the house exactly yeah it's a no name like we all understand this is the president in this universe yeah explaining to <laughs> fdr and ben franklin what the president does now oh that's kind of cute yeah i like yeah i don't mind that it's like i mostly golf <laughs> Um, all right. Um, let's see. I want to talk about some sequels because these are really interesting to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the very I... first one on your list. How would you read that title? <laughs> um, I read it <laughs> The King and I, too. How do you read it? <laughs> the King and I, I, I. Um, I mean, I think, you know, it's, it, it maybe is said different ways in different, uh, maybe Accents. I think, yeah, the King and I, I, I was what they called it in off Broadway. And then, yeah, they, they try, they tried to kind of, uh, make it a little more respectable. Um, I quite honestly don't know how the King and I ends or how it begins or what happens in the middle. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I don't really know. Which part of it do you know? Um, I know the part where she sings Getting to Know You and Kelly O'Hara does a bomb ass um, quick change. But now that I'm thinking of it, I don't think that quick change happens in the show. I think that was because of the Tonys. Okay. Yeah, I think the king and I, I don't know if she stays, but I think it's like this 
English woman is right. like there to teach the King of Siam's children English. And then like they fall in love, but then right. she maybe stays to be right. know, That's what, queen like, regent I, of yeah. Siam. I know the, the gist, but like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, like, what would be, like, what's sequel worthy? Like, what, what? Uh, King of Siam dies. She gets called in to go <gasps> teach in a different country. Ooh. Can oh, she be queen again? Oh, in a different country. Oh, okay. I, okay. And, ooh, wait, hold on. I have something on the tip of my tongue. Ooh, okay. Here's a thought. It's, yeah. um... It is actually more in line with the plot of the Princess Diaries. So, like, um, Lady and King of Siam, they are, I guess, stay together, have children, but then she ends up leaving with said children, going back to England, and child comes of age of, like, 16 or 17, and King of Siam, I mean, probably not him, I'm gonna assume he's dead, and that's the reason this is happening, but, um, comes back and is like, hey, you're, you're the king now, and I. And I'm pissed. And I'm pissed, I mean, probably. Yeah, I, I like that idea, it's, it's also, yeah, yeah, I like the idea of, like, oh, due to some weird loophole, yeah. you're the king. Right, yeah. Um, do you think it would be, like, updated, too, that instead of being, like, you know, a high society private tutor, it's, like, maybe it's, like, uh, someone who after college didn't really know what to do and was just teaching English abroad. Right, then... yeah, it, like, is the Princess Diaries and that it's, like, it's that same, like, art teacher mom. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, shoot, like, I took one year of that language in college. I hope <laughs> right. I can, you know, Puedo ir al baño. <laughs> A uh a, a song uh, a song recommendation maybe I'm looking at uh no one can do it. That would be like probably you know one of the family members of the king of Siam being like no one can be like our dad. Yeah, and especially not you, little English boy, whoever you are. Little English, as we call you. <laughs> yeah, that's the nickname that they give him. Yeah. Little English. <laughs> Hi, I'm Frank English, and I'm going to be the new king. <laughs> of Siam. Ooh. Wife of God? Is that okay. like, maybe it's like, a, a, you know, the king in this fictionalized country is like a god king. Yeah. So. Um, I want to, I want to, I, I, I want to, um... I want to. I said we were going to address chess later, and I think I I might want to address it right now because right. here's another idea. Um, chess <laughs> famously um, doesn't take place entirely in Bangkok, but does for like a little, just like a little bit. There's at least one night. There's at least one night in Bangkok. So one just night saying. in Bangkok makes a grown man grumble. Makes a yeah. So this this it could we could do something here with like the king and I too being this like modern as, if you're calling like the Cold War modern, um, which like, I am, <laughs> and I am. Um, that's a stance I'll take. Um, 
then maybe that's like it bleeds into this like I don't know. Everybody's always trying to make chess better, and we've we've tried a lot of things. This might be one of them. It might be an option. It might okay, make chess one better. One night in Bangkok makes a hard man king. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so this is like somewhere between like a princess bride, but also like a Willy Wonka. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, know. There's yeah, probably yeah. A, a better cultural reference here too, <laughs> but it's like. All these chess players get an invitation to this big tournament in Ooh. Bangkok, and the winner Ooh. will be the king of Siam. This is, I'm, I'm telling you, this is already a better plot than chess. Yes, this is already a more, like, musical-esque plot than a chess. Than a chess. To show how cultured I am, the, the reference that I can't get out of my head now, I'll go ahead and say, ah, we're all over the place. We've done Princess Bride, and then we've done, you know, Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals. So I, I am thinking there's a Yu-Gi-Oh! anime <laughs> plot where a bunch of players of the card game Yu-Gi-Oh! get an invitation to some, like, crazy tournament, and I think the grand prize... <laughs> Oh, man, my memory's strained here. The grand prize might be that you get sent back to ancient Egypt to like what? play against the inventor of the game or something. Or like... Yu-Gi-Oh was invented in ancient Egypt in the canon? Oh, yeah, the pharaoh is like a main character of the, of the series. That just blew my mind. There's lots of like uh, ancient Egyptian like symbolism in the anime oh and in the cards themselves. I would have never known. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, yeah. So, so yeah, it's that. Everyone got this mysterious invite to this big mysterious chess tournament. Yeah. And then it's kind of a bait and switch that the winner kind of gets this fate hoisted upon them that they didn't right. really want. Yeah, yeah. Um, made even better, I will we'll go the full Yu-Gi-Oh route that it's mostly like kid, this is like a, an under 18 like <laughs> youth chess tournament. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, interesting. The Mid-Atlantic yeah. region uh, high school qualifying tournament. Yeah, this is. I'm, I'm trying to think if there are if if we're just totally we're scrapping like eighty percent of chess or if any of it's salvageable. We can. I mean, there's there's probably a few things that we can keep, but for the most yeah, maybe part, the final showdown is like a little Cold War related, where it has to be like <laughs> it's a battle yeah. between you know two opposing forces like a good and an evil um, right yeah it's yeah. like a it's a maga kid and like a <laughs> a woke like socialist kid uh, yeah yeah there is a song that comes back like three times in chess and it's terrible but it's called pity the child and that can absolutely stay yeah um chess but but <laughs> but it's a child battle for I don't even know what. To be king of Siam. To be king of Siam. Siam's going to be the witness to the ultimate test of cerebral fitness. <laughs> uh, hold on. Do, do we have something for that? Siam is going to be the witness to a juvenile <laughs> test of, of... of monarchy fitness, of monarchical fitness, something mm, like that. Something like that. We'll workshop that. We'll workshop that. Workshop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at your adaptations. Uh -huh. um, there's, there's some good ones. I'm, I'm kind of torn between two. Okay. Um, and it's kind of opposite sides again of like the, uh, the, the prestige uh, <laughs> spectrum. 
Yeah. And that's there will be blood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Legally distinct from there will be blood. Yeah. And Talladega Nights. <laughs> yeah. Talladega Nights is especially intriguing to me because at least there will be blood was like an Oscar movie. Like people right. remember yeah. it. Yeah. Talladega Nights was like a Will Ferrell slapstick comedy type movie. Yes. So for yeah. that, like 15 years later or whatever, <laughs> to be getting a Broadway adaptation kind of tickles me. It, I mean, the thing is, it's like so we're so not far away from that kind of thing. It's the, the, the people make adaptations of absolutely any movie that ever existed. This movie, sure, it was big when it came out, um, but it's... No it's one's nothing. thought about it yeah. in a long time. It's nothing. Um, yeah. And now, it's... you know what? It does have a little bit of music because it's called The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Oh. So that would there be the main go. song. Yeah. There's the there's the in. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do I really want to talk about there'll bleep there'll there'll bleep blood. There'll bleep blood. There'll be blood. Um, yeah, because <laughs> it's not um I, I've got to, for my own peace of mind, believe that it is the There Will Be Blood musical, but I can't understand why why the title change exactly. Yeah, to me, that's like, it's the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory versus right. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's going to be too distinct in its plot, and like, or maybe they couldn't get the actual the rights, style, so they yeah. had to just slyly change things. Yeah. Oh, that would be so weird. Yeah, and everything is uh everything's mostly the same but a little off. It instead of being like an oil baron, it's I don't even know. <laughs> a, a candy baron. It's just Willy Wonka. <laughs> There'll be blood though. Uh and also I was trying to think of how the music I'm assuming these are all musicals. So. Oh, yes. Yeah, no. Okay, good. Think I care about straight plays. Absolutely not. <laughs> they have straight plays. <laughs> That's what they call it when they don't sing. Can you believe it? <laughs> um, het plays. <laughs> um, now, Hope that I was trying to think of what the music day. for "There Will Be Blood" would be like. Yeah. Um, my first thought, of course, was like, I guess it's a little before the time, but I was thinking it's like you know jazz. It's a sure. I mean, Great Gatsby, but also like. The title just leads into like, and there will be blood. <laughs> it's also a Maroon 5 jukebox. I think it's a Maroon 5, like swingy, jazzy jukebox. Oh, what, like that. Why isn't that the worst thing I've heard? It's. <laughs> I just think like I have this belief in my head that jukebox musicals actually aren't as hard to write as people make them seem by making them poorly i think it's gotta be so easy to make a really good jukebox musical one day i'm gonna do it i promise yeah i think maroon five's the right band for it definitely definitely um <laughs> i mean because with music like maroon fives it's like it's entirely n non-specific like there's not like a like i guess at least like they're hits i don't I don't really go deep on Maroon 5, but it's like, it's just so, um, what's the word I'm trying? It's like not one size fits all. Generic or yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I got them moves like plain view. I got them moves <laughs> like plain view. Um, it, you know, it would be really jarring. Um, 
the one thing I've, I saw There Will Be Blood so long ago, and I remember very little about it, but the one thing that's always stuck Same, with me- Same, I had me, to bring up the Wikipedia. <laughs> the one thing that always stuck with me was like the the score, because it's it literally, in my mind, to my memory, just sounds like somebody like banging on a pipe with a hammer. So like it would be really jarring if it if those were like the uh, scene transitions or like that, like that it had that kind of tone for like, like you know- transitional moments but the actual score itself was jazzy maroon five yeah so that's why i got really hung up on like what would the music be like for this (laughs) because it's like all musicals even like dramatic musicals have like a playfulness to them right and this movie is just like (laughs) completely joyless yeah um let's see what else is there that i wanted to which do? makes it even better that oh it's five doing the music this is really in- in- important to me that we address this um i uh so there's a there's a sequel on my sequels list that um is called blood brothers on deck now i had to check oh. um blood brothers is a, a musical that existed which is perfect to for me, um, because I need it to be exactly what I thought it was, which is, so let me tell you about Blood Brothers first. I, yeah, I've never please. heard of this in my life. Um, it's um, uh, it's a story revolving around two fraternal twins, Mickey and Eddie, who were separated at birth. Um, one being is raised one of them wealthy. a vampire? <laughs> I don't think so. One's ah, raised wealthy. That's where I went with Blood Brothers. Oh, no, no, it's like one is raised wealthy, the other is raised poor, and then they okay. like both fall in love with the same girl. Like they meet in prison? No, what? I don't know. They meet and then they fall in love with the same girl, yada, yada, yada. Um, they, yeah, so Blood Brothers on deck, it is exactly what you think. It is Blood Brothers, but... On a cruise ship, a la Sweet Life of Zack and Cody on deck or whatever. Yeah, it's so they they've reconciled. Yeah, their previous fine. differences at the end of Blood Brothers. I assume it ends, you know, very happy by the sounds of it. Um, so yeah, everything's fine, and they just they hop on a cruise ship, and it's it's pretty much like it's pretty much anything goes, just with different music, which is you know it would it 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 is what it but. Yeah, I, I I want there to be more like it's it's got to just be like a sitcom on stage for maybe it's like maybe <laughs> so it's only 30 minutes long. I just read the ending of long. Blood Brothers and it doesn't oh. end as happy as you were hoping. I think they both, you know, die. They they both get shot. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes people get shot and don't die. I think maybe I, I the think yeah, maybe the cruise fine. ships like it's a heaven metaphor anyway, so it's fine. Oh. I mean, that's Or maybe they both live, yeah. Um, yeah. I do like the idea, though, of them being on this cruise ship and then the exact plot of Broad Bro- Blood Brothers just happens again. <laughs> happens and, again. Like, they fall in love with the same girl. And, like, <laughs> they yeah, forget each other existed and then they the meet again spoon. for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It, one of them is just Jack and Titanic. and <laughs> the, it, It's basically Titanic crossed with Blood Brothers crossed with Sweet Life. Yeah, I think like what I will the one thing that I will require is that instead of there being two acts, there's going to be four half hour acts so that it's it, there's just like four disparate half hour sitcom scenarios. Oh, yeah, okay, perfect. Yeah. There's uh Mr. Mosby is reprising his role. Oh, of course, yeah. That's the name of the it's it's his titular role. He that's the the real man's name. Yes. 
Mr. Mosby as Mr. Mosby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I Sounds perfect to me. What what would some of the... We need at least one of these musicals oh, or yeah. at least one of these songs to describe like a sitcom scenario. Oh, yeah. Um, what have we got here? Um, I can see This Is Your Problem being a, a, you know, a good song for like, you know, some kind of... Some kind of conflict goes down, and they're just blaming each other, you know. And, uh, and you know what really I saw that as? Oh, what? Uh, they find like a stray cat or something on the ship, oh, and yes, they're both yeah. like, "You gotta take care of it. You yeah. gotta take care of it." Yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. High jinks ensues. Yeah, okay, I'll take it tonight. And then the other brother goes back to his room, and the cat's there. And... Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What about what do you think, Bear? Asterisk boys prefer blondes uh, is about. Do you think that's in this show? <sighs> I I don't think that's in this show. Yeah, that might not be. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. Maybe you're right. <laughs> I think that's for like a much raunchier and queerer musical. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> Oh, they're in the glue is another uh, another Ooh. sitcom scenario. Oh my god, yeah. There's like a new. The I, I don't even know. There's a, they're laying down a new basketball floor, so they already have like <laughs> glue down, but not like the wood panels. And yeah. both both brothers get stuck on the glue for a day. <laughs> of course, yeah, and they have to, and they just were in oh the biggest fight you wouldn't imagine. So they're forced and, and to then it, reconcile. Yeah. They're just both standing on opposite ends of like a basketball floor length <laughs> section of glue, <laughs> shouting at each other until finally someone shows up and is like, why don't you just like slide your shoes off and hop back where you came from? <laughs> why did you both hop on to begin with? <laughs> um, They're in the glue. What was th- what was that? They're, I'm in the money. Oh, I was. She's in a, the money. There's a song from um, one of the wild parties that goes. That's called "Out of the Out of the Blue." Out of the blue. Out of the blue into the glue. <laughs> out of the blue into the glue. <laughs> that's a line in this one, yeah. Um, uh, we do need to figure out though which musical does Bear Star Boys prefer blondes <laughs> come from? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, possibly, is this a song or is this a musical, do you think? As a gay, bisexual, bready brother. I was just looking at that too. Bother, not brother. Oh, it does say bother. Um, ooh. Oh, bother. <laughs> oh, bother. It says bother. Yeah, that's kind of... Um, oh, it, father. This has a very... Um, yeah, let's just retcon. It says brother. <laughs> um, as a gay, bisexual, bready brother. So, bready... Is in fact spelled B R E D D Y. Um, mm. What does that mean to you? Um, I, to me, it's like when you spell cream C R E M E. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's so bread B R E D D. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so it's like a kind of fancier way to say bread. B-R-E-D-T. Yeah, you know, fake cream. Like the stuff inside an Oreo is fancier than real cream. <laughs> um, okay, so it's like it's like bread, but not really bread. It's like almost yeah, like it's, it's canned bread. bread canned yeah. bread. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so as a gay, bisexual, bready brother. Okay. So what does that infer about a 
person. <laughs> um. So if if those are the things that define you, you're kind of defining by how you're different than someone else. Mm. So, okay, yeah. the The main character is the brother of someone who is straight, mm. straight, straight. <laughs> um, not bratty, not bratty, and a sister. Uh, yes, his sister, the main character's sister, is straight and. She is the heiress to a, a real bread company. Mm. She's like the Pepperidge Farms mm. heiress. Oh, wow. Um, and this is like her, this is the story of her like party boy uh, gay brother who is really into canned bread and shuns real bread. Canned bread. Okay, okay. And so we're and saying, but- bear boys prefer blonde. It's just another um, song from the brother. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, so- what do you think the star and bear star boys prefer blonde is um, for the aster? It, it makes me wonder if we're like missing the the footnote that that it belongs to. Um, I would love to know. Um, okay, I was more just taking it as like boys can refer to like anyone who it identifies as more. Well, yeah, mask. I think that that might be what the asterisk. Uh, okay, like that might be what the the footnote is. Um, okay. I'm, I'm do we we don't have a name for this we don't know what show this this is yet do we no yeah we i guess we need a title i thought that maybe that long as a gay bisexual bready brother was the title but oh, it's probably not oh 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 i mean maybe can of whispers is the title can of whispers <laughs> yeah oh yeah with all that canned bread and it's be it's whispering him like be gay, do crimes. Ooh, it's like it's a little bit little shop of horrors. It's like the 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 bread itself is evil. No, I think the bread seems like it's evil, but it's, oh, actually, but it's actually tempting him towards a more fun life authentic. where he can be himself. Yeah, okay. Unlike you, I don't believe that being gay is inherently <laughs> evil. That's what I built my whole personality around. <laughs> My whole moral How can I be code. Be a gay witch if being gay isn't evil, <laughs> right? Witches are evil. Witches are gay. So, uh, yeah. So the can of whispers is telling him, like, you know, throw away the normal bread. Throw Find away. a nice blonde boy. <laughs> is this is this modern? Do you think? Hmm. Like, is I would have thought modern? so, but maybe it's not. I ask because I really like um a song titled "A Post Shared by Joey." Um. And if I were writing this musical, this this would be a um, you know homage to my good friend Joey, who is also a musical fan. Um, but it would be a, a character. Maybe maybe it is just built around the idea of of Joey. But um, it would be a kind of wait. Is his sister a bread heiress? Um, she might be. Her last name is Pepperidge Farms. <laughs> it's, yeah, I always thought that was weird. Um, I, I a post shared by Joey could be a good um. It could be a good um, opening number. It could be a kind of like meet the world yeah. kind of number where it's like it, it's it's like the opening number from Bye Bye Birdie, but all phones and stuff that already exists. I think I don't know. Oh, of course. What Joey just put on Instagram and then everyone like Joey yeah. just put on Instagram that the Pepperidge Farm heiress is coming back to town and the main character is like, oh, not my sister. Exactly, I don't know why Joey yeah. heard first, but maybe that's maybe that's also a point of contention. Mm, yeah, that. Yeah, uh, 
I think that that makes a lot of sense. That's how you set up the story. Mm-hmm. That's how you set up the characters and Conflict, also yeah. one of the, yeah, some of the main conflict. Perfect. <laughs> kind of like this show. Um, okay. What else have we got that we got to? So is there a musical called Assassins? Yes. We were just talking oh, about I'm this. not interested anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I was just telling you about this on a on a Thursday night call like a couple weeks ago. Because when I read Assassin the Game, I thought of, you know, the, the game Assassin. You ever play that one in oh, college or elsewhere? Uh, yes, that's interesting. That would be like something. It was like, um, that could be a really fun, like, um, teen kind of like teen drama musical. Like it, it you know, it's like the end. It's the end of senior year everybody's getting ready to go away for college and and there's this big game of assassins but you know there's all of this interpersonal drama going on around, like in the game around the game and um it's actually kind of sweet i kind of like it a lot yeah yeah there's a lot of like oh what the heck i can't kill mark like i then i have to go back to his fucking house right? <laughs> i don't know why i said heck but then fucking that was a weird <laughs> What the fuck? It's a character I'm working on. I have on. to go back to his hecking house. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like there must be. We must have some. Um, some so wait, can here. we explain the game of assassin? Oh, by the way, sure. I don't know if that's a universal. Yeah. What? What is it? It's like it's. Yeah, you get. You're in like a big group to play, right? Yeah. And someone, someone is told that they're the first assassin. Right. Is that how it is? I or think is it has to. In? No, I think somebody has to be the first assassin. No, no, no. This is the way I. This is the way I think I played in. The I think the only time I've ever played was in London, and it was like everyone picks a name out of the hat of somebody in the group. So you you have a target, right. and then if you kill your target, which would be like with like a water gun or something. Um, yeah, it, I think we had putting a post-it on their yeah, back without them like knowing. Yeah, something like that. Like, if you get your target, then you get their target. So, like, your next, um, like, and, and, you know, that's how you narrow down to the to the last man standing. Yeah, so there's a lot of, like, you know. You can, like, gang awkward up Awkward moments people. of, like, oh, we should, you know, let's go get dinner or whatever. Then you're like, oh, are they cornering me to kill me? Right. Or, like, do they really want to go grab dinner right, right now? Yeah. Um, so that actually makes it extremely perfect for this whole really interpersonal like thing. It. Of yeah. Like, it's like they're like, the- oh my God, like Jackie finally asked me on a date. Right. Wait a second. Wait. <laughs> oh no. Oh, I like it so much. I wonder if this I, one- Almost all of these are viable. Yeah. This, I, this might speak to the, you know, the nature of musical theater. Um Ooh. Listen, Sondheim, I've got a lot of ideas and you don't have a lot of time. Put your mask on. Back up from him, buddy. Um, this is, I'm assuming you're Put running your up. your mask to- on and back that ass up. <laughs> back that mask up. Um, I, um, here's an idea. Um, I don't know what, I don't know how old the game of Assassins is, but um, it, I, I'm, I'm seeing a, a, a song title potential here, um, and it's Rent This Movie, and um, it could- Oh, yeah, it, so it's in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, and like somebody- I think it's ooh, so good if this is in the 90s. Yeah, and th- so this actually um, goes very well with another title, which I didn't think would go this way at all. Um, like somebody works at a blockbuster, and so they're, you know, yeah. they're, they're either- they're Oh, a target. yeah. Yeah, and so there's another song title that we've got here called 
called Blockbuster and Broadway. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so the Game of Assassins from 1982. Oh, so we're, we're good. Perfect. I love this Blockbuster subplot yeah. and this movie rental thing, but we are... We, you, have you seen the movie Scream? The no, I'm not. We basically just invented Scream. Oh, really? <laughs> except someone <laughs> is the actual killer. <laughs> Really? Right down to like someone works at a blockbuster <laughs> and like one of the major reasons they all get in the same house at the same time is they're renting a movie together. <laughs> okay, here, uh, another question. What year was Scream made? Mid-90s. Okay, so I will say that this, um, I, I'm, I'm going to say that uh, Assassin's the Game. I'm going to say that this was made now, so it can't be the same. No, well, Assassin's the, the Game was made, no, not made. It, it, it takes place like after Scream has come out so it kind of like it references scream within the text to kind of acknowledge that it's like oh we know it's kind of the same but like if we're acknowledging it in our world then obviously it's like a thing right? i think one of the scream sequels did that though <laughs> what are you talking about they were they're like super they're like basically comedies they were super meta That's that way wild i know literally nothing about this franchise like, I think the second, I think the sequels are saying, like, the events of Scream happened, so now we're like, uh-oh, is it a copycat killer? Or, like, that's not funny. Why did you buy the mask? Everyone knew that that happened. Oh, my and God. Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, wow. Wild. Um, you know, <laughs> there's a, some quote that I'm thinking of about everybody writing the same thing. I don't know. I actually really adore, though, that this is just the movie Scream, the musical, except there's no killing. Yeah, it's the game assassin, it's, yeah. and it's, like, more heartfelt. Yeah. It's, like, the opposite of a, a Riverdale situation <laughs> yeah. where it did not become more gritty and it sexualized. It went yeah. the complete other way. Um, oh, um, yeah, let me... I really want like, I, I like this one so much that I want some more songs for it. Um, I think an obvious one on this list would be Allie B and the Boyfriend. Um, you know, it's just some teen yeah. drama, nothing much to say about it. Um, Do you think there's two girls named Allie in the friend group? Oh, so there's yeah. like Allie B and Allie C. Absolutely, yeah. It's a it's like a Mel Spice Girl situation. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, okay. Now that you've said that, um, that did get me, I, before I was thinking about the song title Blockbuster and Broadway, I was thinking of this being like the, the person who works at the Blockbuster has like big dreams of like, it, like isn't even going to college after sc high school and is just moving straight to New York to try to get on Broadway. So it's this big like, I want number about working at Blockbuster, but like being on like the corner of <laughs> Blockbuster and Broadway. Yeah, I got you. Um, so I like the idea that this is just a whole a whole other level to to this dynamic and story that like the main friend group is also like a singing group <laughs> and there is but they're like basically the Spice Girls. It's just like a like a Oh my god, it's like the Cheetah Girls. Ooh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Can't you cannot beat it. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> Wow, what a musical. What a musical. What a show. <laughs> what else? Anything else that we want to talk about while we're here? I'm pretty fired up by that one, but there's probably something else here. <laughs> Is Ash and a Beast a Pokemon like romance musical? It's, it's like a Beauty and the Beast, but Pokemon, maybe. Yeah. Ash and a Beast. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a bad Pikachu. 
One of my favorite uh, things here, it sounds more like a song title to me than a um, than a, a show title. Um, best Dancer? No. I was looking right at that one. 100% agree. Best Dancer yeah. colon no, period. Um, I, yeah. That's more of a tweet than a <laughs> musical. <laughs> maybe, maybe tweet the musical is what it is. Oh my God! Yeah, what if, they always say like Twitter is not real life, but what if Twitter is Broadway now? What if it? What if Twitter is? Could just you do Broadway? a Twitter musical? What would that be? <laughs> Aspirational joke might be in there too. Yeah, that's another Twitter musical number. A hundred questions, half a future. The musical that also could be a Twitter musical. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Seventy-year-old man speaks as woman. <laughs> yeah. Love assassins the game so much. It's such a it, it's such a well fleshed out world to me now. <laughs> I I love it a lot, but I also am so like disturbed that it just is the plot of Scream, <laughs> but but without real murders. <laughs> Which makes it even better because like half of our musicals were these like legally distinct right. adaptations. <laughs> Maybe it's just what you got to do. Is the world ready for Scream 5, a.k.a. Assassin's the Game? I think one one more song from Assassin's the Game is chess with a bunch of exclamation <laughs> points. <laughs> that that's how one of the players gets the other one to be like uh. one-on-one with them. <laughs> like, oh, remember when we used to be on the chess team? And then they start reminiscing. They're like, I, I actually still have a board in my car. Oh, Do you want to play? I have a board in my car. <laughs> I forget that not everyone was me in high school. <laughs> I think maybe under all the hula hoops, I have a chessboard in the in my trunk. I don't know. Uh, I might have to move that big human-sized stuffed bear out of the back of there. <laughs> hey, whoa! That bear primarily lived in my That's other true. car. Um, uh, if we are, if if we're kind of, if we're wrapping up, there's one thing I want to, I I want to, I we don't have to dwell on it long, but I do want to know what you think it might be, and that is Chess Roswell. It's also just looking at that. It has these weird uh. symbol, like it came with these like weird little brackets around it that I don't even know what they are and like what they like what what they mean. Which kind of fits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the alien brackets around yeah, it. Yeah. Um, one night in Roswell makes Ooh. a green man humble. <laughs> yeah, um, that yeah, that's definitely a that's one night in Roswell. Yeah, it's really good. Got everything but E terrestrial. <laughs> is that what ET's <laughs> e full name yeah, is? Electronic terrestrial. <laughs> e terrestrial. <laughs> The bread de la bread of the chess world in a show with everything. That was bread with two Ds, if you couldn't hear them. Oh, I heard them. Not much between despair and E.T. <laughs> there isn't much between despair and E.T. <laughs> I can feel Elliot biking next to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think we've we've got a pretty solid... Tony season lined up for whenever they're ready for it, you know. Um, I know it's yeah, going to be a while. Yeah, not only do we have musicals, we have Tony noms in here. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah. I think um, Assassin's the, uh, the Game is probably, I, I can only hope it's going to sweep. Um, I was just about to say, can I pitch something to you? Oh, please. 
next week do you want to uh write assassins the game assassins the game yeah of course yeah flesh it out through uh oh, right with transformer course. or something give it a plot give it some more you know of course details about what songs are in there characters definitely please yes i'll just i'll just train an ai on uh, the plot of scream on the <laughs> screenplay of scream We're mostly there <laughs> it was That's yes i should clarify it. it was a yeah. screenplay um yeah that i don't know if you meant that to keep in or just to establish uh, yeah tease yeah tease the listener tease them i don't okay yeah uh, you know i like saying like give them a tease mm, i don't even <laughs> like that give them a tease um <laughs> give the listener something to look forward to so or backwards yeah um on. next week we'll we'll um we'll hit you up with more assassins the assassins the game i cannot wait um but yeah. in the meantime if you um if you have any if you have any reviews of these musicals any any opinions on them um any suggestions for what what might come next um you can contact us we are on email, we have an email address, and it's robots at backcamp.org. We are also on Twitter. It's at Robot Typewriter. And we have a theme song, and it's Video Challenge by Anamanaguchi. I'm checking if any of these reviews might apply Ooh, to yeah, uh, any of these quotes those. or reviews apply to assassins. Yeah. Keep on moving, John. Keep on moving. That actually, that's probably a definitely a quote. It's like John just like he either like just got somebody or just or, or just got away. Keep on yeah. moving, John. Keep on moving, John. Yeah, he's like on the cross country team and he got someone else who's on the team. Yeah. but then someone else is looking. Someone else on the team is trying to get him. Someone, to, and, and, they're very talented. Kids. Yeah, and there's they're like you Broadway know Broadway level musicians yeah. and cross country athletes. Oh, this might be a big, um, a big, uh, ma, ma, one of the, like a final monologue. A big mama. A big mama monologue, as they call it in the pits at the end. <laughs> and the Tony for best big mama monologue. Um, uh, so we're all new here, 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 here. Where are we? We're at roller coasters, and this is the place. Uh, yeah, the school trip at the end of the year to Six Flags. Right. Oh man, ooh, that's an interesting idea. Like a second act that takes place in a in a theme park. Can't wait to write this. <laughs>